1: Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio
2: station, Talk Sport.
1: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan I'm Jim White and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy discuss Nottingham Forest after the appointment of Nuno Espirito Santo Is it the right move? And which Nuno are Forest getting? The Wolves one or the Spurs one? Eddie Howe calls for more to be done to protect players and managers after a fan entered the pitch and confronted Newcastle goalkeeper Martin Dubravka. The Met Police in Chelsea launch an investigation. Plus, Ghana manager Chris Hughton joins us in studio as he prepares for the African Cup of Nations, which begins on the 13th of January. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. But in the last few moments, just as we were coming on air, Nottingham Forest go and announce it. They've appointed Nuno Espiritu Santo following the sacking of Steve Cooper. I mean, was Steve Cooper a dead man walking, Danny? Was uh, no other move going to happen here other than him exiting stage left?
2: Well, there's been talk of it for quite a while. Um, somewhat harshly, I think. Um, I, I think after the 5-0 defeat... Started ramping up a little bit because when you're losing games like that, there's always going to be a question mark over you. And then they gave him the Wolves and then the Tottenham game and one point out of those, and they decided to make a change. But nothing surprises you in football anymore. Um, Was it
1: harsh? I mean, people will point to the fact that Forrest had been in a run of
2: one win in thirteen. Well, it's harsh in that he's done so much for the club and ingratiated himself into this the, the fabric of the club and got the fans on board. But actually, if you if you win one in what do you say thirteen? You're going you're gonna to be walking the tightrope, aren't you, if you only win one in 13 in a Premier League level. Um, but it didn't seem like the majority of fans wanted him gone. But they've made the choice and they move on. And they've made a decision on Nuno. And I don't think it's a bad one, to be honest. Not that I th- I wouldn't have got rid of Steve Card to give him a bit longer. They're not in the bottom three. But in terms of now he has gone, what, what do you want when you bring in a manager who you want to start... Consolidating and stabilising and getting some results. A very, very well organised defensive coach is the way to go.
1: Yeah. Um, Simon, they've gone and done it. Um, mm. uh, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, it's Ma- Maranakis has uh, made his decision and it's happened. Um, time will tell, but c- certainly off the bat, uh, Danny's right. He was popular to the very end, Steve Cooper. That counts for nothing if you're not winning games. But I watched him uh, at the end of the Fulham game, Mm. and I watched him at Craven Cottage coming off. 5-0 defeat, he was getting a standing ovation. Yeah, because it's been a long time for Nottingham Forest to be away from the Premier League, Mm. and they won't forget that in the
3: same way that um, Leeds fans don't forget Bielsa's achievements. Um, good, I mean, I, good, the, good comparison You know, the um, the pen is mightier than the sword, isn't it? I've written about Steve Cooper recently How wonderful he, I thought he was And he's got the sack I've written about Eddie Howe; They haven't <laughs> won a game since yeah. Keep me away from the pen Look, I, I watched him I, I thought to myself No, I think he can get himself through this mm. And then I listened to him after the uh, Wolves game And I thought Oh, I know, I don't know You know But the players could have gone one of two ways they could have folded or they could have reacted. No, 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 no. If you're a manager leading from the front, this is what I expect from my players. More of this. And I thought to myself, you look like you're shrinking into yourself. I know I make a lot of body language and I know I've said things in the past that people think about Eric Tan Hag. Look, the most interesting thing for me now is where he goes next. Because mm. there's no doubt that he's a decent coach. We've spoken about him in glowing terms. I called him a bridesmaid a few years ago when he constantly got Swansea into playoff finals and never got them to the to, to Premier League. He then eclipsed that with Nottingham Forest and did something that many managers and many millions of very of, you know, of very significant men have invested in Nottingham Forest, from Nigel Dougherty up to the current fella, have invested hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds to get Nottingham Forest nowhere near the Premier League, maybe one playoff that Paul Hart got them two years ago, and so with that in mind, you know he got them into the promised land. But this is the this is serious business now in the Premier League. This fella has said that he wants to push on. He wants to be a dominant force in English football, and I think Cooper, Maranacus. yeah, Malakas. Yeah. I think Cooper had probably run his course, and it's not because he's turned into a bad manager. It's because football is different in this day and age. Players' attention spans are different. Um, and it was time for a change. You know, spirit of the if, if you look at his record, it's unarguable. Even even at Tottenham Hotspur, you know, a 50% win rate is what he had. Not great for a side that's aspiring to be in the top six, but, you know, in every place he's gone, he's got 40, 50, 60% win records. That keeps you in leagues. Mm. Do, do I think he's the most palatable of characters? Not particularly. I think he's quite divisive and difficult to manage. Quite. But that's their problem. R- R- based on what? Well, based upon my understanding of him, based upon people that have worked with him, based on some of the information that I've been given about him, and um, based upon the ending at Wolves, um, I, I think he can be quite a divisive character. But uh, are they not all in some shape or form? Well, well, surely division isn't on your list of things to want. I mean, it, it's one thing having disagreements. It's one things one thing having constructive conflict at times what, what's your definition of
1: division like p- p- pushing the guy at the top for more money i think being i think being
3: difficult when you've uh, accepted certain things and then changed your mind and pivoted on them i think creating division in an environment when you don't get precisely what you want when you want even though you have not entitled to it at times hmm. look i think that there is a balance between being a manager that pushes and i think he's absolutely right that managers should push but they should also understand that when it gets to a point where someone has said no or something is not where someone thinks it should be who actually owns the club, that you have to accept it. But look, for Nottingham Forest, put that to one side. If that's the price on the ticket, Maranakis is no, yeah, you know, sweetheart, is he? No. So with that in mind, maybe they're a, ma- ma- you know, a match made in heaven. His job is to stabilise Nottingham Forest and keep him in the Premier League. Does he play exciting football? It was at times, people, people characterise him in a certain way, but I think Wolves, in the first season they went up, quite a compelling outfit I thought they were quite exciting to watch at times
2: well the the, the reality is around that is that he 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 wasn't particularly his team wasn't particularly great to watch because when you look at the numbers 47 goals scored and 51 goals scored and two seventh finishes but the big one in that is 46 conceded and 40 conceded so they're not going to get free flowing on the front football at Forest but needs must yeah yeah. You know, I mean, I was, I, I, when I met Roy and he came into Fulham and we were in dire straits, we went that way. Hard to beat, gain some confidence, stay in games, nick a few and then build from there. Mm. That's what Forest need now. They don't want to, they don't, Forest do not need a manager to go in and start playing on the front foot and throwing men forward and going toe for toe for teams. So you can see the sense in Nuno yeah, coming in? I really can. Can you? Yeah? Yeah, I, I would suggest they'll be more than okay.
3: Well, I mean, oh, based not- on his record, Jim. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what he is now—he's in managing Saudi Arabia, went for some money, he's had his bank account filled. He's now back in the Premier League, and there's no doubt—if you look at his Wolverhampton it's Wanderers record, yeah. if you look at his Porto record, if you look at his Valencia record, hmm. he has got the job done. You know, he, Spurs was just the wrong fit; it's a ludicrous fit. It was a ludicrous fit for Tottenham well, he only had,
2: what did he have, 10 games, 8, 10 games?
3: 17 games, I think it was something of that nature. Well,
1: let's, I mean, Simon, let's put it out there, even this early. It's the first time we can talk about Nuno to Santo actually being here. And he is here now. It's his job. He's got it. Cooper's gone. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station.
2: Talk Sport.
1: Don't know what to make of some of the messages uh, we're seeing in here. There's Dean Rafferty. What a fantastic appointment for Nuno! Uh, what a great move that is. It's truly inspiring that appointment. I think Dean's a bit tongue and cheek with that. We shall see. Nuno Espirito Santo has Santos, flown in, and there's a man in charge. Next up for Forest, uh, they're down. Uh, They've they taken on Bournemouth. So I mean, all of a sudden, every game so important. They all are. But this is uh, such an important game, such an important weekend coming up for a whole bunch of clubs, and we'll get into that very shortly. Steve Cooper has gone. Um, It begs the question, has Cooper come out of Nottingham Forest with his Premier League credentials enhanced? What do you think, Simon? Are his credentials enhanced? Is he still the man for a job? Maybe Palace of Roy goes. Um,
3: Well, yeah, I mean, enhanced from the fact he was a championship manager um, and now has been a Premier League manager, has kept a side up. Mm. um, And lots of people will suggest that he's managed in difficult conditions, this embarrassment of riches that has been bestowed upon him of hundreds of millions of pounds, this awful burden of being bought lots of players is is put into the mix as a a challenge for him. He's done a decent job. His job was to keep Nottingham Forest in the league and that's what he did. They were still in a position where they weren't in the relegation zone. I mean, they're not in the relegation zone primarily because the three sides in the relegation zone have got such a paltry level of points. But still, you're right. He's not. They're not in it. They're not in it.
2: Yeah, but then
3: again, you know, what do you do? Do you wait until the rot has set in and find yourself in the bottom three, and all of a sudden there's a real malaise? Mm. Or do you, if you think, if you, if you look at somebody like I said to you, I looked at him after the Wolves interview and I thought, you're done, and I'm disappointed because I didn't want him. Uh, Did you know, say that? I, well, I've said it, um, I think, recently, that I felt that his interview after the game was weak mm. because it didn't sound like someone that was really, really, really up for it. Mm. Not suggesting that he wasn't capable of overcoming the adversity. It just sounded someone that was a little bit too contrite. Right. Your team got beat 5-0. Your team let you down. So that was Fulham. Yeah, I know, but my point is, so when he goes to Wolves and goes, well, the players could have gone mm. one or two ways. No, they bleeding well couldn't.
1: They could get out on the pitch and put a performance there. I told you what happened which is the me, bare I, minimum they could the do after the 5-0 at Fulham. I spoke to him and he's speaking to some Forest fans outside the ground. He said, I can't speak to you at the moment, phone me in one minute. He got on the Forest bus, took my call. He said, It's on me. It's on me. I, I I'm, no, going, on I'm going to take it in the chin.
2: Well, it's on everyone. The it's point, the, the point is, nobody's doubting his his genuineness, his dedication to the job, his passion for the club. He's a lovely guy. He's very likable. He's warm, and, yeah. he, and, he, and he's somebody who'll be remembered for a long time. The thing for Forest fans now, the decision has been made, right? So you can be angry, frustrated, and disappointed that he's gone, but now he's gone, and they've made that choice. You have to either get on board with you, manager or not. Yeah. I don't think because you're if you're angry as a fan because of Cooper going, it would be it would seem foolish to then take it out on the new manager just because the old no, one that's right well Ryan's a
1: Wolves fan who's suggesting that it's a good move getting Nuno in uh, as far as Forest is concerned uh I think it's a great appointment says Ryan uh, he'll bring them fight and passion it's what they need very animated character uh it's a it's a good move um we said Forest fans join us on air my god you're doing that in big numbers John good morning Big Nottingham Forest fan. What do you think? Is this the right move that Cooper goes now and in comes Nuno?
4: <laughs> is it the right time? I, I, I think, uh, personally, look, did we want Cooper to go now? Love the guy. Everything he's done for us. Love him as a person, as a, as a coach, as a man. I, I can't speak hardly enough of him. I think the situation is, though, we're coming towards a January transfer window. Do we give Cooper three games, then go to the transfer window, and then not get him the kind of players he needs? Or oh, I think we had to make the change, uh, unfortunately. If Cooper would have stayed on, I'd have supported him to the very end, even if it had took us down, just to clarify. He means that much to us. But the pragmatist in me jumps through and thinks, right, make a change now, give him the January transfer window. And also, there's a lot of people kicking off about Nuno, you know, saying we don't want him at X, Y, Z. I don't think people have done the due diligence on him. I think Simon's nailed it. If you look at his track record, it's very good at almost every club. If you look at the way he plays, he plays a three at the back. He's quite pragmatic. I think the squad that Forrest have got will be able to adapt to Nuno's uh, tactics in the way of playing pretty quickly. I think that was quite, quite sensible. Uh, people are saying, get Lopetegu, get Glasner. Glasner's never managed in the Prem. Nuno's had, what, 400 games? Stupid OK, like John, that. so Nuno's games. the
1: man you've got. There's one message, John, saying Forrest need a striker and a keeper in January. They've got to get them. Do you agree?
4: 100%. They need a striker, they need a goalkeeper um, and they need to engage some of the players that's been a little bit out of the squad like Sangari, Dominguez, yeah. possibly bring Joe in, um back in, into the fold. Don't know why he's out, it? need a striker. Okay. Yeah, We're going to lose a lot of players to Afcon as well, Jim. That, mm-hmm. That's a slight, slight worry. That's
5: a good
1: point, um, however,
3: yeah.
4: Yeah, however, you know, we've got a nice Brazilian mix of players. Apparently we're in for a top Brazilian centre-half that's already agreed to come <sighs> to us as well in January. Uh, Nuno speaking Portuguese helps that, of course. Um, I think striker, goalkeeper, um, and
1: and the fans will hundred percent get behind the new man. Okay, John, listen. Thanks for the call. Uh, Many Forest fans queuing up to speak to us. Wayne uh, is one. So Cooper goes, in comes Nuno. Danny thinks, yeah, yeah, good move. What what do you think? I think it's a backward step, personally. I don't think we're we're going anywhere.
5: Firstly, like you said before, we need a new striker. We need a keeper. With that, Cooper is the man to take us after this. He's done a great job at Forest. He's got a great team spirit there. Will Nuno get a great team spirit? I don't think so.
2: I, I actually, well, he's gone, Cooper, so you've got to just, I mean, we all know what a good guy is we'll and what... Move on. But the the reality is, I think the lot of that squad, they've got a lot of decent players in that squad. I think you do need a keeper and I think some backup for a one year would be a a, a big plus in the January. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, there's the makings of a decent squad. You've got some good players. You know, Murillo at the back looks a player. good player. You've got Gibbs White. You've got, I mean, Sangari, although he's been dropped recently. He looks a powerhouse in the middle of the park. You know, I don't think Forrest are in a better place, as some people say. I don't know what you think. No,
5: I don't think we are at so I think we've got some fantastic players. And I think Cooper's one to get them to gel. And which he did. He started getting them to gel. To my opinion, what upsets Forrest is all these international breaks. Mm. There's too many of them. We start playing. Then we stop.
3: and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
5: Download Stand Well
1: Back. Listen, outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We're talking about that moment last night. We're trying to get uh, word from Chelsea as to what happened to that fan, whether or not he was ejected from uh, Stamford Bridge last night after uh, a fan entered the, the pitch, uh, just after Chelsea had equalised right at the very end of the game, of course, against Newcastle uh, and confronted the Newcastle goalkeeper Martin Dubravka. What needs to be done? Danny was talking about this thin netting, uh, that uh, appears still to be in use in the Bundesliga Uh, there's uh, Lewis who says he lives in Munich and he says I'm with Danny on this we love the Nets and stadium it makes you feel safe inside the stadium says Lewis Uh, Bill's a big Liverpool fan Bill good morning to you what's your take on this because uh, it seemingly doesn't stop people periodically as this character did last night entering the field of play
5: yeah I I agree with you about everything that's been said but I think In the last couple of months, we're getting caught up a bit in the the whole kind of uh, fan behaviour thing. And I think we've got a couple of choices because there was a singing issue early in the week. And I think we need to decide as a sport, I think we're all all right into it. But unless we move to sterilise the game and go up the lines that we're doing a little bit in society about everything is precious, we might have to accept that if you get 60,000 people in in a a compact area, Mm. we create a gladiatorial environment then we expect everybody to absolutely behave 100%. It's dead unrealistic because it don't happen anywhere else in society. So I think we've got a couple of choices. Sterilise it a bit, containers again, get the fences back up for back in the 70s and 80s or um, think a strategy that just accommodates and accept we're going to have to deal with clowns and idiots just like we do in society because if we're not careful there's a few things Simon says which I agree with a lot he says and I disagree with a lot of what he says but this whole thing about be careful what you wish for—we'll end up sterilising something that's a—it's an institution. Doesn't mean we accept bad; we, we accommodate bad behaviour. But we're going to accept if you're having forty, fifty, sixty thousand people in a in a space, you're going to get half a one percent
2: scattered you, around misbehaving. Yeah, you make some good points, but you you, you can control some things and others you can't. I mean, the German, the Bundesliga, if you see it, the atmospheres there are, are tremendous. There's, there's no sanitising the atmospheres there because of the netting. That just stops people yeah. throwing missiles on and getting on the pitch. In terms of homophobic chanting, tragedy chanting, all those things, yeah, of course, you are unfortunately going to get minority of idiots and we can try and stamp that out with good communication and PR and all that stuff. But the reality is, this is something we can control before something drastic happens. I'm not suggesting it's ideal, of course, you want, yeah. you want to go to a match and watch the game without thinking you've got to look through some sort of modern netting that that stops people behaving badly. But unfortunately, we are in a position where something drastic could happen. Jordan's an Arsenal fan. Jordan, what do, you, what
1: do you make of this? You're surprised that we still have to talk about something like this after an event like that last night.
5: Uh, morning, gents. <laughs> morning, um, Jordan. M- not to be tired, it's not really because... Uh, You know, the writing's going to be on the wall at some point. The only reason we have not had something, you know, really serious is blind luck. Because, you know, God forbid it could have happened yesterday, it could have happened in the weekend fixtures. Um, Someone comes onto the pitch, they've got a knife in the pocket, you know, tribalism in football is always going to exist and and unfortunately you're always going to find people out there who want to cause harm to everyone else and so i think something has to be done because otherwise we're going to be in a situation when it does happen and it will happen some point when it does happen we're going to be coming back to the same conversation of well why don't you do anything when the right was on the wall
1: Mm. yeah yeah i think you're right jordan um it, it it amazes me, Simon, that uh, individuals like that have such, take such glee in the fact that they've managed to get on the pitch. Well, he's had his little moment in the sun and he's run back well, into the They ground. do and they don't. I mean, look, the bottom
3: line is is I kind of find myself veering towards the territory of the first quarter, Bill, <laughs> about <laughs> the nature of the game that we're in. We, we have 400,000 football fans going into Premier League grounds every week. Yeah, which means we have something like sixteen, seventeen million fans going in each season. You take that back over the thirty years of the Premier League, we've had you know five hundred million fans going in, and we've had instances that are on the hands of fingers of one hand. Yes, if we want to forecast doom, then ultimately something along the line will happen that will prove the fact that people didn't do enough. But what that is that you're asking for, if 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 there is a, uh, an acceptance from the viewing public and the football fraternity that there is a problem and it needs to be it needs to be contained then by all means put netting up but if we're reacting to a circumstance that's a very very individual set of circumstances with systemic failures from the stewarding then we we need to be careful about what we're advocating for because there is always this there is often a case of catastrophizing things yes you can everything's a slippery slope everything can lead to something awful it doesn't mean blind luck Blind luck to have had 500 million fans watch football over 30 years and no one's ever stabbed a player. Well, I tell you what, that's a lot of blind luck then, isn't it? Or maybe it's just not something that goes on. Mm. And maybe it's because that's not something that's really... Listen, we can, it can happen anywhere. These terrible things can happen, but they haven't. I'm not being casual about it. I'm not being dismissive. But again, what is it that people want? Do they, if they want to see generally that 99% of football 99.9% of football fans behave in a fashion which is appropriate so that as a result of that we're going to turn football stadiums into contained environments I think we need to be careful what we're looking at. I think the stewarding requirements needs to be looked at. I think the policing requirements in football stadiums, are calls to action inside this was at the business end of a game. What that steward should have be been able to do <clears throat> if he's if he's a steward member that's smaller than the guy that is being dragged on the pitch. The police should have been there to mobilize quickly as well. So yeah. ultimately a steward jumps in Anticipate. you know Anticipate. where were the police? Because ultimately, a steward is dealing with a situation, has been intimidated by it, it would appear, and put the guy back in the stands. The police should have been there. I, d- I don't think you can stop people from doing things. I think you can consequence them enough to make it a deterrent so that they don't. So mm. when Eddie Harris says more needs to be done,
1: you just say, well, oh, security But that's easy to say. We can all say more needs to be done. Yeah, but he's we can also, we can all experience of someone being right
3: there. Sh- sure. And I would suggest to Eddie, okay. Well, then uh, tell me what you think it is that you need. need to, it's a systemic. Talk to Eddie. Oh, hang on, because he's the one that said more needs to be. We can all say more needs to be done. Eddie's like, I'm trying to manage
1: a team. You guys sort that out, okay. okay? But if you say more needs to be
3: done, what would you have be? What would you have done? A systemic failure. The fact that a fan got into the technical area, which he did, is poor. Is poor um, yeah. um, control of what's going on. Breaking across the boundaries of a behind the goal is one thing. Being able to get around the stadium into the technical area in some way or another is ridiculous. Where is where is the supervision of that situation? So that's a systemic failure. Systemic failures happen. So what? When you say more needs to be done, people need to do their jobs. If yeah. you, you can put the best people in. A, you can put as many people around the stadium
1: as you want. If they're all bleeding useless, not trained properly, and have no motivation, well, there won't be that. But logic tells you that something needs to be done when an individual at last night, in the full glare of a live match, which is going worldwide, decides, I'm going on. But this is live (laughs) sports. What do we need to do to make sure...
2: No, you're not. Well, you'll it? never stop it. You'll Listen, never stop it? it's, it's, You're never going to stop it unless you have a, a measure, like I said, that you everyone agrees on. that yeah. Goes goes with it. Yeah. But and that's Simon a makes a fair point in that's the fact that the numbers and the incidents we're talking about don't reflect that change. And what will happen inevitably? Something will happen, and it could might not be a stab, and it might be someone connects properly with a punch and breaks somebody's jaw and puts them out for two months, mm. or someone goes on and leathers a ref, like we saw I know that was a president, It's a bit different, but a fan goes on and smashes the ref, and then we'll have this conversation. So But
3: we're seeing, we're actually seeing indications from the policing authorities and the governance of the game and society that our behaviour is dramatically better than in other places in Europe. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. So what are we talking about? Are we really suggesting that very, very small isolated instances invoke a sea change... No, we're not in suggesting that. Well, we are, aren't we? We're saying, meantime, people, we're saying pen people in. I don't well, think, by I don't, that philosophy, I don't think we'd thing. never
2: get scanned when we go through and
3: get on a plane, would we? No, you evolve. Of course you do. But that's, that's one thing. You're, yeah. not st- you're, 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 you're not being stopped. You're not sitting in your seat and being penned into your seat when you go into a plane. You're now being put into an environment where if, if people are happy with it, if the football world is happy, if the fans are happy with it, I've got no major aversion to it. But I'm looking at it going, we've had one person go on, we've had two people. We're talking about two people. I know but, what you're talking no, about, proportionately. we haven't had
2: two go on. We're A just bet. forgetting the incidents. The lad got his jaw broke at Forest Sheffield United with the, the forward. You've got Tony... Uh, Tony... Jack that, Grealish that, getting smacked. Yeah, that was a pitch invasion. Well, Billy Sharp getting headbutted. That head was a butted. pitch invasion. Head-butted, whatever yeah. it was, yeah. That was a
3: pitch invasion.
2: Yeah. Yes, yeah. but it wouldn't have gone on, would they? If they but, did... that, but football's asked for that. Neil Lennon at Council. Fo- Castle. Football. Yeah. Who asked for it? Eddie, Eddie football, Howe. Football, with someone football right there. Football has suggested over
3: the years that pitch invasions are quaint and something that people are entitled to do and something to be celebrated. And the media will go, oh, look at that, wonderful, everyone's celebrating on the pitch, rather than saying, this is dangerous, shouldn't be done. These instances, what we're talking about, we're, we're now saying a guy's run on the pitch and um, pushed a goalkeeper, or just b- b- chest barged him, gone back into the stands. Right,
1: pen everybody in.
2: No, I'm not. I'm saying. I'm saying that's my point is. We're reacting sorry. to
1: the fact that Eddie Ho says more needs to be done. My no, point. But, my but, point but is but the, but no one sits there with a solution. what not, does it look like?
2: You're not going to have a solution by thinking you can train people better and expect them to act like Dorman because they don't get paid that much Mm. so you're going to keep having these problems I'm just putting out there the only solution I can see to eradicate it would be the netting I'm not suggesting I want it
3: when I turn around and say to you we've had 510 million football fans and we can probably okay let's say 50 instances 50 instances of situations that would find okay if that's if that's
1: 50 too many over 510 million were you surprised last night when a guy came on the pitch I
3: I, was I surprised not really I was surprised that he was put back in the stands
6: Mm.
1: That's mm. what I was surprised
6: I'm by. surprised
1: that it still happens. Albeit, periodically.
6: Well, in, in today's society. But I'm
3: surprised God, it still happens. I'm not surprised
1: at all. And, and that's what the debate centres around. How do we stop that guy going on? The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk Sport. The manager of Ghana The Ghanaian national team Set to go into The African Cup of Nations Chris Houghton Is alongside The three of us This lunchtime And this Chris seems to be As good a time as any To look at this tournament Which is just Around the corner I've got to say to you You, you know I'm biased in this one I'd love Ghana to do it It's one of the most Memorable trips I've ever had in my life To Accra An amazing city uh, Takaradi Akasombo I've been all over the country But like here they're football crazy, aren't they? What they would give for you to win this thing.
6: Well, I think the the what they have at the moment. Uh, I mean, Simon would probably be aware, but they they, they also had a, a good uh, history of boxing. A lot of good boxers. Mm. My, my, a zoom and Yeah, my, my my father was uh, was from Jamestown in in a crowd that produced a lot of good Ghanaian boxers at the time. But football has always been their passion. And and certainly if if back over the years, Ghana would have always been in the top two or three uh, in Africa. So I think this is where the passions have arisen from. And particularly when there are difficult times in the country, then uh, even more so. So, yes, they are passionate. They all uh, have a say. They all think uh, we will win it. Uh, And this is the pressure that comes with um, being the head coach. And um, we certainly will have to go into this competition with the prospect, the prospect. Because I think you have to. I don't think you can enter a competition thinking that it's not competition you can't win.
1: Yeah. What, what What do you think the perception here is of the tournament? Do you think the tournament, coming as it does in January, do you think it's disrespected?
6: Um, uh, yes, I do. I think that's changed. I think that's do your changed. Your
1: bosses at the Ghanaian Federation think that?
6: Uh, no, I, um, that I don't know. I, I haven't had that conversation with them. But from from a personal point of view, I think it has been disrespected in the, the past. I in mean, what
5: way, Chris?
6: Well, I think we've all, we've always had, um, not as regards complaints, but of course, myself being a, a head coach, we've always had clubs and, and, and managers that that, that would have. Brought in African players, of course, African players, knowing that they would play in the African Cup of Nations, and then, of course, complaining (laughs) when it when it came to that time, you know, knowing that that they wouldn't have them. So I think have
1: you had that this time around?
6: No, no. uh, I mean, what what there will be for sure that there will be clubs and and uh, head coaches that that you know will will want to request their players being able to stay for a little bit longer and so on. Um, but but my role is to, to is to prepare the team the best way that I can. I think where the respect has changed is is I think even as regards the coverage. You know I can certainly remember three or four African Cup of Nations before where, you know, to watch it on the television you was watching it late at night or you know not at the most popular times. Mm. I think the coverage is is far better now. I think the res- the, the respect. I think for most is, is far better now and I think that comes with having household names that are playing at your particular clubs uh, of course in, in this competition
1: Do you do you have a memory of this Simon like giving players up uh, at a time like this I mean Jordan Ayoub Yeah fell in of course of it's Palace about the, I don't, I don't think it's players. steeped
3: in disrespect I think it's steeped in a, d- a dynamic of a tournament that sits right in the middle of a season and I think that unless there's going to be some dispensation for that tournament like there was for the World Cup, it's going to cause this conflict. I mean, obviously, I've always had a degree of interest in it because I saw Victor Moses, one of my young protégés, end up going to Nigeria. I've seen Wilfred Zaha, another one of my protégés going, or one of my kids that came from my academy, going on to the Ivory culture. it's always been a tournament that I've been interested in mm. um, and wanted to see the development because the more countries that can produce world-class players, the better it is for the business of sports. You know, we've seen great players come out of Ghana. We've seen Michael Essian come out and the levels that he got to. Um, so I think it's an interesting tournament. I think the challenge it always is, is because it's in January, it creates this conundrum for football. And I know what Chris will say, which is you sign these players mm. and then you know what the price on the ticket is. But of course, football moves at such a pace, mm. and circumstances dictate. And a domestic football manager's mind—if he's about to lose Mohamed Salah to a well, to an African Cup of Nations and his team's
1: needing him—you're exactly. going to have that eternal conflict, and that accelerates you? the club versus country debate, mm. doesn't it? You're, you're mm. always going to be faced by that, Chris. Mm. Yeah, but uh, but uh, I mean, you've got Thomas Partey in your provisional squad, right? Mm. Uh, as as uh, he's been injured for Arsenal, and of course they've been watching his progress very carefully. But you've named him in your provisional squad. You want them, no doubt, to be in the Ivory Coast with you. Mm. Does Arteta give you the thumbs up to that?
6: Um, well, but I, I, I don't think it's a debate. Uh, it, it's it, the, the reality. The is, mm. It's a choice, yes. Yeah. We, we have an African Cup of Nations in in the month of, of January. This is when uh, a particular team, a particular country, want their players um, turning up for camp. You know, it's it's they don't have a choice. You know, I think what... what what can happen and what has always happened is is a relationship between clubs and there will be, there will be some associations, some countries that, that will have an, a, an association with a club that maybe allows a, a particular player to come, you know, two days later than, than mm. the others. Right, flex and, that, and bend a bit. Yes, and, and that's yeah. something that's I think has, has always been the case. Um, but I think, as regards, as I say, our choice, there there, there is no choice. This, this is sure. when it's the, just these players player always hear church. they always Sorry.
1: hear voices in their ears around this time. I mean, look at Andre Onana of Manchester United at the moment. So so, so he retired, Danny, didn't he? At international level. Then he came back, and now former Manchester United and Cameroon midfielder Jemba Jemba says Onana's got to think of his career when he decides whether or not to go to the Africa Cup of Nations. Mm. So that's what the players have got to consider here, Chris. Mm. They know I want to play for my nation, but they also know if they're playing for a giant like United, how that's perceived mm. at this particular time, mm. how it impacts his place in that team.
6: Yeah, but I think that this, I think this will always be the case, and and I think this will always be personal. You know, that, yeah. you know the. I think we've we've always known. Forget about the African Cup of Nations, but we've always known players that have played at international level that will we, that will be there, whatever it takes. You know, they're they they're fifty percent injured, but they are going to turn up at international level. And there are there are other players that that won't. There are other players that will that will perhaps see it a little bit different. So I think this one is always going to be personal, uh, and and I think probably, but
3: people are suggesting not about injury and being prepared to pay for it. The uniqueness of your conundrum, and it's a circle very difficult to square, is with the exception of the World Cup, which the whole domestic schedule stopped, the domestic schedule runs around this this competition, whereas in every other tournament in international football... It doesn't. So that's the challenge. And what's being said to this player is, Yeah, you should be choosing your domestic career over your international career because by you being away, if you're playing in an international tournament in the European Championships, mm-hmm. everybody's away, right? No one's getting your place because there's no games being played. The argument that's being made to this goalkeeper is, if you go away and XYZ goalkeeper steps into your situ- situation now... Mm. you will now potentially be putting your domestic career at jeopardy by going away to the African Cup of Nations mm. because of the nature of when the African Cup of Nations is situated in the middle of a domestic mm. season. Yeah. And that's the uh, challenge, isn't it? Yeah, so and some cha-
1: fans them off having said that.
6: Yeah, no, but, 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 <laughs> but, but, but I think any comments like that, I can understand. Yeah. I can certainly understand, particularly with his situation at the club. But this will be personal. This will be personal as regards what, what he has in one hand and what he has in the other. Sure, and that's that's the balance is that not only him. Yeah, you know, there have been several players that have had to. I mean, you've got you've got um, at Liverpool, you've got the Salah at Liverpool, who's mm. consistently, consistently, does it for Liverpool and consistently does it for Egypt.
3: Mm. But it's no, a yeah. conundrum for you because the interest that you, we talk about in the African Cup of Nations is spiraled by the the, the recognisability of players playing in domestic football, and so mm. it's accentuating the positive and making people more motivated to watch it. But if these players are then being taken out of the African Cup of Nations, out of teams in domestic leagues, and then mm. finding their positions, well,
2: they're not being general- taken out, are they? Generally, if you look at the tournaments that have there,
6: mm.
2: second, they're not being taken out. How do you mean? Well, what do you mean? The players, the big names you're talking about, are there at the tournament? Correct. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 but you're saying if play, they're yeah. taken out, they're not being Nobody's taken out in domestic enough.
3: football and put into the international framework yeah. for a month, right? So they're not mm. playing in domestic football. So they're, then they're out of the domestic team. They lose their place hmm. in that hmm. side as a result of playing for their nation. Does that help or help or hurt the idea that people are watching the African Cup of Nations because there's more recognizable players? I see what you're going. Do you do see what I, mean? What I mean? I mean, yeah. do
1: all your Ghanaian players in in, in who will end up in your squad, Chris absolutely fundamentally want to be there they're not looking over the shoulders at their clubs thinking do you know what someone else can get my place by the time I'm,
6: yeah well, i mean I, I i'd like to think so uh, and i'm if, if you're asking me the question i would say yes yeah you know we 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 never have a problem of players that not not wanting to turn up right and but but i i certainly understand the 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 question mm. um but i think this is minimal you know, I think for the circumstances mm. that, that we speak about, and Arnau's, who's high profile at the moment, and yeah. United obviously having a, an, an indifferent period of time at the moment. You know, I think these are these are individual cases. Sure. And I think the large, large majority yeah. are of players wanting to represent their country and, and I think clubs expecting them to want to do that.
1: I'm seeing a bunch of messages about Mohamed Kudus, of course, at West Ham. Um, uh, This guy's emerged, hasn't he, Danny? And people are really taking notice of him. Ghanaian. He'll be playing for Chris Houghton next month. Um, West Ham fans saying, for God's sake, wrap him up in cotton wool. Uh,
2: What's his best role, Chris? I know he's um, been playing a couple of different roles for West Ham, but what, what do you feel?
6: Yeah, well, well uh, I mean, he's, he's a very talented player. Yes. There's no doubt. Came, came to a, a, a wonderful academy in, in Ghana, obviously had a good period of time at, at Ajax where they, they moved his position. Um, the, the type of player he is, you look at him as, as a 10 mm. because he's a goal scorer. You want to get him close to goal, mm. um, but he has had good success play on the na- right hand side. I think what David has done, and I must admit I was I was delighted when he went there because what I knew would, would happen with him is that, that I think particularly with the day the way that David sets up his teams, I knew he would put him into a stru- into a structure. Because there is a train of thought that scooters is the type of player that you want to give him some relative freedom, freedom in in the way that he plays. But if I'm looking at him this moment, playing on that right hand side, I think David has adapted his role where he has given him as much freedom as he could and still he's producing. So I think initially, uh, I think, sorry, I think eventually, I think he will be a 10. Mm a form of a 10 somewhere but he's somebody that's that's very talented across right across that that uh, that forward what line. an asset
2: you there's, as there's no free positions anymore Chris. there
6: aren't there aren't <laughs> but but there are but no but there are a, a way of playing or individuals that perhaps just are, are allowed a little yeah. bit more freedom yeah. than um, than, yes. than others yeah
1: what, what, what's your thought just as we hit the break i'm fascinated by it but is it a case of whoever beats the hosts the average course wins a thing
6: um, there are a lot of strong teams, mm, yeah. um, a, a lot of strong teams, and the, the more I've been involved in African football now, you know, the, 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 I think the days of you know maybe the same in in Europe.
1: Is there an yeah. outsider that horse could, could go right through and surprises?
6: There's so many good teams. Cameroon, uh, Morocco, of course, for what they've done. Egypt, for, yeah. for obvious reasons. Senegal, uh, Senegal because, of, because of, of what they've done. Ghana, I'd like to think Ghana. Because, Come on, Ghana. Um, and we are next door. We, we will bring a good support. Um, we are next door. Even, and it's a long time since... Since uh, since we've won it,
1: I would love you to win it. Mm. It's a wonderful country. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show.